Good morning. I'm Allison Michaels from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Wednesday, December 23rd. James is out for the holidays, but I'll be here today with the stories that you need to know. In today's news, Pfizer and the Trump administration are close to a deal for more vaccine doses. And the U.S. Justice Department sues Walmart, alleging it helped fuel the opioid crisis. But first, the big idea. Congress voted on a spending bill close to midnight on Monday, just a few hours after the bill had been unveiled. Lawmakers claimed that urgent action was needed to rescue an ailing economy ravaged by the coronavirus pandemic. But my colleague Yagana Torbati reports that tucked in the bill was more than $110 billion in tax breaks. Those tax breaks strayed far from the way the bill was marketed to many Americans. These giveaways include big tax cuts for liquor producers, for the motorsports entertainment sector like NASCAR, and for manufacturing manufacturers of electric motorcycles. These measures added onto the broader spending bill are known as tax extenders. They're tax breaks targeted at specific, sometimes niche industries. And routinely extending these measures has become something of a year-end tradition. Some lawmakers allege the votes largely benefit special interest groups who stand to gain financially from the outcome. These tax extenders are designed to be temporary, but are frequently renewed, often at the urging of industry lobbyists and often during late-night votes at the end of the year, like the one we just saw. Tax Experts and good governance advocates have criticized such short-term tax relief extensions, arguing that they hide the true cost of the cuts and they advantage industries with the most well-connected lobbyists. Some of these tax breaks are locked into the tax code. Others, however, were initially designed to last only a year or two, yet continue winning extension after extension because of intense lobbying. Meanwhile, it's now unclear if President Trump will sign this $900 billion stimulus and spending bill. President Trump Tuesday night asked Congress to amend the bill passed by the Senate just one day before. In a video he posted to Twitter, as reported by my colleagues Rachel Siegel and Josh Dossie, he described the groundbreaking legislation as, quote, a disgrace and suggested he would not immediately sign off on aid for millions of Americans. In that video, Trump called on Congress to increase the, quote, ridiculously low $600 stimulus checks to $2,000, and he outlined a list of provisions in the final legislation that he describes as wasteful spending and much more. Trump did not mention that the $600 stimulus check idea came from his own Treasury secretary. The 5,593-page bill was introduced Monday afternoon and then passed the House and Senate later in the evening. It passed Congress with broad bipartisan support, clearing the Senate by a 92-to-6 margin. Trump's aides had made positive comments about it, but Trump had largely stayed out of those negotiations. Last week, he had complained to some aides that he thought the $600 stimulus checks were too low and wanted to raise them to $1,200 or $2,000, but aides had convinced him not to intervene, saying it could scuttle the whole package. Some aides were stunned that Trump weighed in the way he did after his economic team had publicly praised the bill. But administration officials had negotiated the bill with lawmakers in the final days without explicitly securing Trump's approval. He had largely been distracted with overturning the results of the presidential election. Trump had wanted to do more than $600 in checks and kept asking aides why they couldn't agree to a bigger number. He released the video on Tuesday after a number of his aides, including Mark Meadows, were already out of town. And that's the big idea. Here are two other stories that should be on your radar. Number one. 
The Trump administration and Pfizer are close to a deal for the pharmaceutical giant to provide tens of millions of additional coronavirus vaccine doses through the spring and summer. The Post's Lori McGinley and Isaac Stanley Becker report that the deal could be announced as soon as Wednesday. And as part of that agreement, Pfizer would get help from the federal government in procuring supplies to make the vaccine. The government had been seeking an agreement that would provide an additional 100 million doses for the second quarter. Pfizer has indicated that it could provide 70 million in the second quarter and an additional 30 million in the third quarter. But they've also said that they might be able to get 100 million doses more quickly if Pfizer gets additional manufacturing capability. Under an existing contract, Pfizer has committed to providing the government with 100 million doses by the end of March. Moderna, the maker of the second vaccine to be authorized by federal regulators, has agreed to provide the same amount by the end of the first quarter. One person familiar with the negotiation said a priority for Pfizer has been activation of the Defense Production Act to create better access to some of the ingredients needed to produce the vaccine. The drug maker has been stressing this point for several months because some of the materials it needed had been snapped up by companies given priority under Operation Warp Speed. That's the government's vaccine initiative. Pfizer was the only company that did not take any government money for research and development of a vaccine, which meant U.S. officials have had less insight into aspects of its manufacturing process and less certainty about where the company's doses would be sold. Number two. The Justice Department is suing Walmart, alleging that the nation's largest retailer knowingly filled thousands of problematic prescriptions that helped fuel the opioid crisis. The Post's Abba Badarai reports that a lawsuit filed Tuesday in U.S. District Court in Delaware contends that Walmart failed to properly screen prescriptions and prioritized speed and profit over patient well-being at its 5,000 pharmacies. The government is seeking civil penalties that could total billions of dollars. Walmart called the investigation tainted and said in a statement that the Justice Department should focus on bad doctors who write prescriptions instead of blaming the pharmacists that fill them. The lawsuit comes after lawsuits filed last summer by cities, towns, counties, and Native American tribes across the country alleging that retailers like Walmart, CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens played a role in driving the opioid epidemic by distributing billions of pills. A number of those federal trials in states including Ohio, West Virginia, and Texas have been delayed during the pandemic. Roughly 50,000 Americans died of opioid overdoses last year, a record, federal data shows, and medical experts have warned that the coronavirus pandemic and economic crisis have led to new surges in opioid deaths. Legal experts said the government's case against Walmart is unlikely to be resolved quickly, which means the incoming Biden administration will have to decide whether to pursue it. Walmart ordered 5.5 billion oxycodone or hydrocodone pills from 2006 to 2012, making it the nation's third largest buyer of those pills behind Walgreens and CVS. That's according to an analysis of DEA data by The Washington Post. And that's The Daily 202 for Wednesday, December 23rd. I'm Allison Michaels. Thanks for listening.